right, well, hey, man, it's good to, there we go, there we go. Now I can see everybody, man. It's good to see everybody today. I haven't seen you guys in a year. Man, I'm sorry, man. I, I had to do that. Let's, let's just go home on that one. I'm just, uh, hey, if you're a first-time guest with us, uh, man, my name is Mark Combs. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are so excited to have you the first Sunday of 2013 right here at Summit, man. We're just so honored to have you with us today. And I tell you what, uh, just to jump on what Tim said a minute ago uh, about life groups. Life groups start tonight. We've got one almost every night this week. And I'm telling you, if you want to take your relationship with Jesus to another level, or if you're here and you're like, man, I mean, there's a lot of people here this morning thinking, there's so many people here, I don't know anybody. Uh, Life groups are where it's at, man. Life groups are a great way to get to know God and other people. And so you should jump in one. And I'll tell you, the way that you can do it, we've made it so easy to get plugged in uh, here at Summit. When you walked in today, you should have gotten what we call a connection card. On the back of that card, uh, towards the top, you'll see a place where it says Life Group Selection. Uh, The Life Group paper that you got when you walked in, uh, just write the number of the life group that you want to be in. Give it to one of our guest service volunteers. They'll be in the back on your way out. You're signed in. If we ran out of those papers or you still need to think about it, you can go to summithazard.com and click on the life group banner when it comes up. And you can see the schedule for groups. You can sign up for a group. Or, hey, listen, you don't even have to sign up for a group. Just show up at a group, and I'm telling you, you're going to love it. On those cards that you've got, you can sign up to volunteer uh, in any decision that you make today. We want to know about it. We're going to give you a chance to fill those out here at the end of the sermon. Uh, But we're so excited to have you here uh, with us today. And uh, and I want to pray really quick before we jump in. All right, let's pray. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for a new day and a new year and everything that comes along with that. God, there's so much hope and and, and possibility. God, I know a lot of people are excited about maybe possibilities and things that are just coming up this year. Father, what an awesome way to start it off right here today. God, I believe you want to speak to us and do great things. Nobody's here by accident, Jesus. Just do a great thing today in our lives. That, God, when we leave in just a few minutes, we would all leave brand new. In your name, amen. Hey, if you guys weren't here last week, uh, last week was just a, a, great, a great time for our church. Uh, we celebrated everything God did in 2012, anticipated what he's going to do this year. And, um, and what we did last week, if you weren't here, you can go to YouTube and check it out, actually. We, we shot a video with several people who uh, gave their life to Christ last year and watched their testimonies. And, and it was just an awesome, uh, awesome time. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's funny. Uh, last, last week, uh, my wife and I, we were, we were out of town. Uh, and, and we went to a church, uh, we went to one of the biggest, uh, fastest growing churches in the country, Elevation Church. If you were here for our Sun Stand Still series, you read that book. Uh, Stephen Furtick is the author of that book. We, we went through that as a church. We went to his church last week. And they're just doing some great things. But I'll tell you what, uh, their service, our service starts at 11, obviously. Uh, their service starts at 11.15. And as their service was getting started, I mean, the band's playing. It's extremely loud. Uh, I get a text message from one of our leaders, and I look at my phone, and, and, he sa- and the text message says, Mark, do you realize how big your forehead is on this screen? And so, uh, so to, to the person that sent me that text message, I won't say your name publicly, but I just want you to know, I hate you. Um, okay, uh, so, uh, so here we go. We're going hey, to have a great time today. If you've got a Bible, open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. Uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, and, and in fact, all this month, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. Okay? So every, every Sunday in January, we're in the book of Ephesians. This is a series through the book of Ephesians. We're going to unpack that in a second. Uh, but if you have a Bible, or you're, it's on your mobile device or whatever, Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to get to uh, in just a second. Um, but, but I was just thinking about 
today and what we're, what we're starting. In fact, the series is called Brand New. And here we are. It's a brand new year. And it's a brand new year. And, and, and there's all kinds of excitement that comes along with the new year. There's, there's tons of optimism. And man, you walk away from 2012 and here you are in 2013 and you're just excited about everything. In fact, how many people... Uh, did anybody make a New Year's resolution? Would you just raise your hand right now? I'm not going to ask you what it is. or, or uh, Raise your hand if you made a New Year's resolution. Raise it, raise it high. Keep your hand there. Keep your hand up. There we go. Okay, a lot of people made a New Year's resolution. Put your hand down. How many of you, you're in church? Let's be honest. You've already blown it. You've already broke the New Year's resolution. Some of you are like, you know, right? This was going to be the year that you got in shape, and you've already set the personal record for eating Oreos in a setting, right? So you, but you've already blown it. That's all right. But hey, but you know what? We get excited about a brand new year. We love brand new things, don't we? Don't we love brand new things, right? I mean, think about this. Uh, I'll tell you something brand new uh, that we love. Don't we love brand new car smell? Anybody? Can I get an amen? Right, right. Somebody even clapped. Like if it was a cologne, you would just douse it. What are you wearing? New car, right? We just love we just love the smell of a new car. I mean, you get in a buddy's car, right? You get in a friend's car, and it's a new car. You didn't even know it was a new car. Have you ever done this? I've done this. I get in. It's a new car. I didn't know it was a new car. And you sit down, and you just go, oh, dude. It's a new car, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a new car. Like, if you could line it up and snort it, you would. Oh, my goodness. We just love new car smell, right? Or, or maybe not that. Maybe you got something for Christmas, brand new. You, un- you opened it, and you got excited. We get excited about brand new things. See, I don't, I don't know um, how, how well you know your Bible, or, or maybe even this is your first time at Summit, but, but here at Summit, we, there's a verse in the Bible that we quote actually a lot. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and it says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. There it is on the screen. The old has passed away, and the new has come. You know what that means? It it means that the moment that you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become brand new. The the moment that you give your life to Jesus, the moment that you ask him to come into your life and, and change you and give you a new heart, you become brand new. So so if you're here today, you're a Christian, you're brand new. If you're here today, you're not a Christian, hey, I don't know where you're at spiritually. Maybe, you know, one of your New Year's resolutions was to kind of check church out. Listen, we're excited to have you here, okay? We're excited to have you here. You're in a good place today. But if you're here, you're not a Christian, you can be brand new today. But, but think about this. Let's, let's be honest. Again, we're in church. Let's be honest. I mean, the Bible says that. There it is on the screen. You're brand new if you're in Christ. But let's be honest. Isn't there a lot of times where we don't feel brand new? Right? Isn't there, yeah, I mean, the Bible says that you're, that you're brand new, but isn't there a lot of times when we don't feel brand new? We're still freaking out over the same things we freaked out over for years. We're still struggling with the same temptations that we've struggled with for years. We're still dealing with the same addictions. We're still dealing with the same sin. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Maybe you, would, you don't even have to amen this or acknowledge this at all. Maybe this is too honest for you. But if we're honest, a lot of times, don't we look at our lives and wonder if anything's new at all? Right? See, there's a massive disconnect so many times between what God says and where I live. 
There's a massive disconnect between what God says about us and where we live our lives every day. And Summit, listen to me. That disconnect happens at the level of your identity. That disconnect between what God says and where you're at this morning, if it's there, that disconnect happens at the level of your identity. And so today, what we're starting, we're starting a series called Brand New. And it's through the book of Ephesians. And we're going to be in this, we're going to be in this book, Ephesians, every Sunday in January. A lot of your life groups are going to be going through this book just to kind of go deeper in it. In fact, if you go to Summit's Facebook page, my Facebook page, even our website, you'll see that we've put a Bible reading plan together for you. And in fact, we're going to put something different every single week of this series, but there's something you can download right now that's going to help you read through this book because the entire point of this book is what makes you, you. See, I don't know if you know the Bible uh, a lot or at all, but the person who wrote the book of Ephesians is a guy named Paul. And, And Paul, before he was a Christian, Paul hated Jesus. Paul hated Christianity. In fact, Paul would go from city to city and kill Christians. He would go from city to city and arrest Christians. And it didn't matter who they were, how old they were, men, women, boys and girls. He hated anybody that named the name of Jesus. And Paul was going to a city named Damascus to arrest Christians. And in Acts chapter 9, Paul meets Jesus. And Jesus completely changes Paul's life. He was a murderer. He was basically a a modern-day terrorist. But he meets Jesus, and he becomes brand new. See, some of you, you need to hear that right there because you came today, and you think your past is too great for God to save you and to radically transform your life. Listen, if God can take a terrorist and use him to write half of your Bible, imagine what he could do with your life starting today. Okay? Starting today, you can be brand new. And Paul meets Jesus, and he became brand new. And then he goes on, and he begins to write... A series of of letters. He tells people about Jesus. He writes letters. And a lot of those letters became books in your Bible. And what Paul did is Paul would go from city to city. He would plant churches. He would lead people to Jesus. And then if something happened in that church, he would write that church a letter to try to help them get back on track. And so the book right in front of the book of Ephesians is a book called Galatians. There's a big controversy going on in that church, and Paul writes the book, the church of, of Galatia, and he says, hey, you guys need to get your act together. He writes them this letter so that he can correct them. And a lot of times, books of the Bible that Paul wrote, he wrote them in reaction to certain things that were going on. Not so with the book of Ephesians. The, the book of Ephesians, there, there's nothing going on that's negative in the church of Ephesus. Instead, God leads Paul to write a letter that's six chapters long, and the entire point of the, Bible, of, of the book of Ephesians is who you are in Christ. It's a book about what makes you, you. And so hopefully you've got your Bible open to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And we're going to see three things this morning. But before we see those three things, I want us to read Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 1, all the way down through verse 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 all the way down to verse 14. And listen, hey, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a new year. It's, a, it's the first Sunday of a new year. We're going to do something a little different. We've only done this, I think, one time. Let's stand up as we read this, all right? Let's stand up as we read this. Why are we standing up? Because when you read the Bible, this is God talking. God, at the end of the day, wrote this. This is God. The words that you're going to see on the screen, God is saying these words. So we stand out of respect, and some of you are already playing Angry Birds, all right? So, 
I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right, here we go. Verse 1, we'll read down to verse 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses." according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. This is God's Word. You can sit down. You can be seated. You can be seated. I want us to see three things Today, as we're thinking about the issue of identity, what makes you, you, I want us to see three things today. So if you're a note taker, you can write this stuff down. But if you're not a note taker, you should be a note taker because note takers are cool people. Okay, three things today. First thing I want you to see today, everyone has a label. Everyone has a label. And listen, I don't know if you realize this or not. Not only does every person have a label, Everything has a label. Have you noticed this? Everything, every single thing has a label. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, you go to Walmart, you're going to get assaulted by labels, aren't you? And, and see, labels, here's what labels do. Labels tell things about the product. It gives a little brief description about whatever that label is on. And it can be helpful. Sometimes it's not so helpful. Um, I, I don't know, have you, have you ever walked through your kitchen maybe? And read some of the labels of things that are on your kitchen. You never done that? Have you ever walked around your house, maybe read some of the labels of things that are in your house? I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about some labels and just talking about labels and how everything has a label. And so I wanted to bring some things to show you uh, that uh, that have labels. Okay, I'm gonna bring some things to show you that have labels. All right, just two, just two common household products. But I just really like these labels in particular. These are these are these are not pop tarts, people. This is the Walmart version. This is frosted blueberry toaster pastries. Some of y'all eat pop tarts. The rest of us eat toaster, toasted pastries. Because we're so sophisticated. But did you know that there's instructions to how to eat a Pop-Tart? You didn't know that, did you? Did you know that? Have you never read the instruction? Listen, if you've never read the instruction, I bet you've been eating Pop-Tarts wrong. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to read you the instructions for Pop-Tarts. Welcome to Summit. All right? This is how you eat a Pop-Tart. Number one, set the toaster or toaster oven at lowest or lightest heating setting. Remove the pastry from the pouch. That's good because if they didn't tell you to remove the pastry from the pouch, you wouldn't know what to do that, would you? You would just be standing at the pouch. Now what? Right? That's helpful. That's helpful. Here's number two. Insert the pastry into into a cool toaster or toaster oven. Number three. A tin toaster or toaster oven while heat. So don't move. Don't move because that thing could blow up. 
Do not allow children to operate toasting device without supervision. Stop letting your kids play with toasters. That's what that means. Some of y'all, my goodness. And then here's my favorite part. There's a star after number three. And the star says this, caution. These are Pop-Tarts people. Caution. This is what it says. If this pastry is overheated, the frosting filling can become extremely hot and could cause burns. Do not leave this toast. Don't, do not leave toasting appliance unattended during heating due to the possible risk of a fire. These things are dangerous. Did you know you've just been eating Pop-Tarts like it's a Pop-Tart? These things could kill you. Did you know this? Right? My, that's why you got to read the label. Holy, here's this one. Here's this. This is just detergent. Just, just your common, everyday detergent. Have you ever read the label? Here we go. Here we go. Caution. Keep out of reach of children because they'll pour it in the toaster with the Pop-Tart. Right? But that's not even, yeah, okay, of course, keep it out of reach of children. In case of eye contact, flush with water. The best part of the label is this. If swallowed, stop right there. What would you do? You just drank detergent. Because the Pop-Tarts dried out your mouth. What would you, you, if you drink detergent, what would, you're educated. What would you suspect is the next move? Let me read it to you. If swallowed, drink a glass of water. Really? That's it? So, so like if you're at a party and it gets a little slow, you can look at the person hosting the party and say, hey man, I got a good trick. What, got any detergent? And all you got to do is drink this stuff and chase it with water. Right? You didn't know, you didn't know that. Honey, we're out of pop. Well, yeah, we got a gallon of detergent. Just drink some water after it. You're good to go. Right? You didn't know that had you not read the label. Everything has a label. In fact, people have labels. I, I don't know if you realize this or not. When you walked in the room this morning, we didn't do anything, but you brought a label with you. You're wearing it right now. People have labels. And, and some, people, some people put the label on themselves. Others of you, you're wearing a label that someone else has put on you. And see, when we use the phrase label, what we mean, we mean the word identity. And so when we say the word identity, what that means is whatever defines you. It, it's, what, it's what gives you worth. It's what gives you value. It's what makes you, you. Do you know what that is? Because listen, all of us have that. All of us are building our identity. Something is defining us. Something gives us value. There is something, and it's the reason that we get out of bed, and we set goals, and we live, and we breathe, and we drink detergent, and eat Pop-Tarts, right? Do you know what that is for you? Do, do you know what the label is that you're wearing this morning? Do you know what it is that you're building your identity on? Let me help you. Let, let me try to help you this morning figure out what it is the label that you're wearing, where it is you're finding your identity. And, and really all I want to do here, I'm, I'm going to ask you one question, and I want you to answer this question to yourself. Don't say anything out loud. This is between you and God. I'm going to ask you a question, and listen, the first thing that comes to your mind is your answer. Okay? First thing that comes to your mind is your answer. Now, I know we're at church, and when someone asks a question, you're supposed to say, Jesus. 
right? Jesus, right? Because that's how we say it, with two E's and a Z. Jesus. But whatever comes to your mind first is the answer. Now, someone in the audience is doing this already. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Stop it. Just stop. Because God already knows your answer, bro. God already knows your answer, so you don't have to fake it. I'm going to ask you one question. First thing that comes to your mind is your answer. Here's my question. What's the one thing in your life that if you lost it, you don't think you could go on? What's the one thing in your life that if you lost it today, if it was taken from you this afternoon, you do not think that you could go on? What is it? Whatever that came to your mind, there's your answer. Now, see, a lot of you are in the room and you're thinking this. Hey, Mark, I didn't think of anything bad. I thought of something good. You know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Probably was a good thing that came to your mind. But, but our problem, because, we, because of sin in our lives, our problem is that we take good things that God has made and make them ultimate things. So instead of a good thing that we can be thankful for, we make it ultimate that we worship it. The first thing came to your mind. That's your answer. That might be the label that you're wearing today. Some of you, the label that you're wearing is the label of relationships. You, that, that relationship that you're in or that relationship that you have to be in, that's the label that you wear. If you're not in a relationship, you feel worthless, you don't feel loved, you don't feel valuable, and so you're just looking for a relationship. Singleness is a death sentence for you. That's your label. Some of you, the label that you're wearing this morning is parent, right? First thing you thought of are your kids. Kids are great, but they make lousy gods, right? They bite, right? They bite you, right? Some of you, some of you, it's your job. The thing you first thought of is your position at work. You're the CEO. You're the top of the org chart. People answer to you, and if they stopped answering to you, all of a sudden, you wouldn't feel you anymore. Maybe it's the way other people think about you and what they think about you, their opinion of you. Maybe it's the car that you drive. Maybe it's the house that you live in. Maybe it's the amount of money that you make. Maybe it's a past decision. The label that you walked in with today is something that happened to you in 2012. It's a past decision, and you're wearing the label. Maybe the label that you walked in with today isn't a label that you put on you. Someone else put it on you. You're stupid. People have told you that your whole life, and you believe it. Here you are, years removed from people calling you that, but deep down, you're stupid. That's your label. You're worthless. You make poor choices. What's your label? And Christians, listen to me. Christian, you should not hear this sermon and think he's only talking to people who don't know Jesus. I am talking to you, Christian. I'm talking to you, person that has a relationship with Jesus, but something has crept up into your heart to the position that only Jesus should have. So here you sit, saved, having a relationship with Jesus, but you're looking at something in your life or something that somebody else has. You're looking at your life thinking, hey, you know what? There's greener grass over there. My life would be better if I had that house, if I drove that car, if I got that raise, if I had the spouse that he has. You're looking at other people and maybe you've got label envy. Hello, right? I like their label better than mine. And so here you sit, Christian, maybe you come every single week, you aim in the sermon, you sing the songs, but you leave and some other label than Jesus defines you. And listen, when that happens, you leave unchanged. Everybody has a label. Everybody has a label. But here's number two. Number two, Jesus gives us a new label. Jesus gives us a new label. 
I don't know if you saw this or not, but everything that we read in verse 3 through 14 is one new label after another. It's one new piece of your identity in Christ after another. See, what Jesus does the moment that we give our lives to Jesus, Jesus takes off the old labels or any other label that we want to define ourselves with, and he puts on us new labels. In fact, he doesn't just give one label here. He gives at least eight new labels. Listen to me, that if you're a Christian, these labels are true over your life today. In verse, in verse 4, he says that you're chosen. Even as he chose us in him, you're chosen. You're not a mistake. You're not worthless. People have looked at you and said, you're a mistake. You're worthless. We wish you had never been born. God says you're chosen. You were chosen by him before you were ever born. In fact, he goes further than that. He says in verse 4, you were chosen to be holy and blameless. Some of you, the label that you walk in with today, Christian, you walk in with the label, I will always struggle with that emotion. I will always struggle with that sin. That's a defective label. He says, you're holy and blameless. You can be holy and you can change. Why? Because Jesus has taken off the old label and he's put on you the new label. You're holy, so be holy. You're not that sin. You're not that addiction. You're holy. You're blameless. Then he goes on in verse 5 and he says that we have redemption. We have redemption. And the word redemption means that we've been bought by Jesus. To redeem something means that we bought it. How many of you, you had to return something you got for Christmas? It didn't fit or you just hated it, right? Some of you ain't raising your hand because they got you that gift there right there next to you, right? I love this. God help me. Yeah, right? You ever return something you bought, right? Hey, did you know that Jesus has never returned anything he's ever bought? It, redemption means that when Jesus is on the cross and he says, it is finished, it means that he's bought you and Jesus has never looked at any person that he's bought and wished he could go to customer service and take them back because they're too messy for him. He has bought you. And then it says that we have forgiveness for our trespasses, that we've been forgiven. Listen to me, Christian, 2012 is under the blood. Did you know that? 2012 is under the blood of Jesus. The sin in your life on January 6, 2013, it is under the blood. The sins that are ahead of you, your past sins, your present sins, your future sins, all of them under the blood. All sin has been forgiven. But it, does, it, it, it goes even further than that. When he says that, that we have forgiveness for all of our trespasses, he means that all of our sins have been forgiven, but also Jesus has removed the guilt of our sin. So listen, if you walked in the room today and you feel guilty over your sin, God doesn't deal in guilt. God doesn't deal in condemnation. That's not a label that God uses. God says we've been forgiven for our trespasses. That's a label that defines you right now. In verses 9 and 10, it tells us that we are a part of God's plan for the universe. You might feel like your life is worthless, like it's not going anywhere. But listen, you don't see what God sees. You might be in the middle of the hardest season of your life, but listen, you don't see where God sees and where he's taking it. Your life at this moment is a part of his plan for the universe. Verse 11, it says that we have an inheritance in Christ. What's our inheritance? God is our inheritance. One day our faith is going to give way to sight, and we're going to see him, and we're going to be with him. Our best days are ahead of us because God, in person, we will be with him. He's our inheritance. Verse 15 
He says that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. So your life, you don't have to settle for some small version of your life where you just clock in, clock out, go home, let TV wash all over you, retire early, and die. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, if you're a Christian, sits in the seat with you. He doesn't even sit in the seat with you simply. He is in you today. Those are the labels over your life. And that's just in Ephesians 1. We could go through the entire Bible and see how God says, if you're mine, this is who you are. If you're mine, this is the truest thing about you. I'm telling you something, what we're talking about right now is the key to seeing real change in your life. It's it's the key to to seeing our church go to another level. Jesus takes the old labels off and gives me new labels. I am who he says I am. And anyone that says otherwise is a liar. I am who he says I am. See, some of y'all, some of y'all ain't amening and clapping to the degree that I think that you should, because this is good stuff. I'm amening my own sermon up here. And here's why. Here's why. I knew this was going to happen. I knew, I knew this was going to happen. I've been in church long enough because some of y'all are in the crowd and you're doing this. Well, I don't feel like what you're saying is true, Mark. Because if you think that, that's how you talk in my head. I, I don't feel like that's true, Mark. I, I don't feel forgiven. I, I don't feel chosen. I, I don't feel redeemed. Listen, your feelings are not the standard for what is true. Did you know that? Do you feel like the tomb is empty? Because it don't matter. It is. Do you feel like he took it all to the... Yes, you should get fired up. Do you feel like he took all your sins to the cross? It doesn't matter. He did. Every time you look at God and say, God, I don't feel like it's true, so it's not. In effect, you're saying, God, you're a liar. God is true whether you feel it or not. What he says is true whether we feel it or not. And Jesus gives us a new label. Gives us a new label. And listen, he gives us a new label because number three, last thing right here. The reason Jesus gives us a new label is because labels determine action. Labels determine action. Action. Man, Summit, if you haven't listened to a single thing I've said, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. I promise what I'm about to say revolutionized my Christian life, changed everything for me. I think it'll have a good effect on you too. Did you notice that when we were reading these verses, verse 3 to 14, there isn't a single thing in in these verses telling you to do something. Did you know that? There isn't a single thing in Ephesians 1, 1 through 14, that tells you to do something. In fact, you can read Ephesians chapter 1 through Ephesians chapter 3. There is nothing in the first three chapters of this book telling you to do something. In fact, the entire Bible works that way. The Ten Commandments. How did the Ten Commandments start? They don't start with worship the Lord your God and worship Him only. That's not how they start. They don't start with thou shalt not worship other gods. They start this way. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery. What's God saying? This is who you are. Now be who you are. Sermon on the Mount. Longest sermon we have in the Bible from Jesus. Jesus spends the front of that sermon saying this. You are the light. Anybody know it? 
You're the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. What's he doing? He's saying, this is who you are. Be who you are. The reason that there's nothing in these verses that we read that's telling us anything to do is because God is saying, this is who you are, and who you are determines how you will live. Identity always leads to action. Let me prove it to you. Maybe you're here, and the label that you wear is the label of relationship, like we talked about earlier. Right? It's the label of relationship. I gotta have I gotta have that guy's affection. I gotta have that girl's affection. If I don't have it, I'm nobody. So you put on Facebook all the time. I'm single. I don't need no man. I'm single. I don't need no woman. Deep down, you're wishing I need a man. <laughs> I need a woman, right? You go from relationship to relationship saying, hey, you know what? If he would love me, then I would be valuable. If she would appreciate me, then I would be worth something. But if you let the label that Jesus gives you define you, relationship or single, you'll discover you're already chosen. You're already blessed. You've already been adopted and you're his child. You're already loved right now with a love that's deeper and greater than you can ever imagine. Relationship or not, you have all you need in Jesus. You got all you need relationship or not. So he says, be who you are. Just, just be who you are. Christianity is not suck it up and do this and don't do this and stop doing that. That's dirty. That's filthy. Start doing this. It's be who you are. Let me talk to the teenagers in the room. Teenagers, check this out. I'm sick and tired of Christian adults looking at teenagers and saying, I heard Christian adults do this. I'm sick and tired of people looking at Christian students saying, well, you know what? They're teenagers. They're just going to be sexually active. They're just going to experiment. That's just what they do. Listen, Christian teenagers, listen, teenager, if you're in Christ, you don't have to waste years of your life on some sexual escapade that at the end of the day is just going to leave you empty and worthless and trying to find something that can define you. If you're in Christ, be who you are. He says, you're holy and blameless. Be holy. You're already holy. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for some small vision of your life where you're going to blow your teenage years on some, some guy, some girl, then you're going to go to college and do the same thing. You'll get it together when you're an adult. He says you're chosen now. He says you're holy now. He says you're blameless now. So when you walk into school tomorrow, be who you are. You don't have to try to impress some group that doesn't matter anyway. Be who you are. Uh, adults, adults, and teenagers too. Some of you are here and you look at the people around you and you say this, man, I wish somebody would come and tell my coworkers about Jesus. I wish somebody would come and tell my family about Jesus. I wish somebody would come and tell my neighborhood about Jesus, but not me. I'm afraid they might ask me a question I don't know the answer to. Oh, not me, I'm not a good speaker. Not me, I, I don't have the personality. That's a defective label, Summit. He says in verse 14, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that when Jesus was about to send out the disciples, he said, hey guys, let me tell you something. All of y'all are going to be arrested. And you're going to be put in situations that are going to freak you out. When you're in those situations, don't worry about what to say. Holy Spirit will give you the words. 
Stop making excuses for why you're trying to be who you're not, who, who, who you're not Summit. Be who you are. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Say something. If God would have wanted to use somebody else to make a difference at your school, at your work, in your world, he would have put somebody else in it. Instead, he put you. And he put you there to make a difference. You're chosen to be there. You're his child in that situation. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You're a part of his plan for the universe. Be who you are. Be who you are. Listen, I don't know what label you came in the room with today. I don't know what label you were wearing when you walked in the room today. But I want you to know the label that you were wearing, if you were wearing any other label than who you are in Christ, that label might say something about you, but it doesn't define you. So maybe you walked in today with the label addict. That's all you see when you think about yourself is the label, addict. Hey, you know what? Listen, if you're in Christ, that label might say something about you, but it doesn't define you. In Christ, you're not an addict. In Christ, you're forgiven, redeemed, chosen. You can change. There's hope. There's hope. You you might have walked in here with the label divorced. That might say something about you, but it doesn't define you. 2013, if you want 2013, some of you all, the reason that you're so excited about 2013 is because you blew it in 2012. Hey, you know what? You know what? That might have been what you did. But in Christ, that is not who you are. Do you hear me? In Christ, that is not who you are. You want want to see growth in your life as a Christian in 2013? You want this year to be the best year year of your life and you want to go to new heights in your relationship with Jesus? You can. Why? Because you're his child. You're chosen. You've been redeemed. You're holy. You're blameless. Be who you are. Some of you are here and you need Jesus to give you a new label because only Jesus gives new labels. We can can try to take off the label as much as we want, but at the end of the day, only Jesus can give us new labels. That's why he had to die for us. And And he died for us so that we can be forgiven, get a new label, a new identity, and be made brand new. And if you're here today and you know you're not a Christian, you know you're not a Christian, today you can give your life to Jesus and leave a brand new person. Summit. God is telling you, be who you are. In fact, I want to do this right now as we close. I want to do this right now as we close. I want you to repeat this after me. And if you're here, you're a believer, you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to say it like it's true because it is. If you're here, you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to say it like it's true because Jesus died for it. He came back to life for it. And right now, if you're in Christ, this is your label. I want you to repeat this after me. Say this. In Christ, I'm chosen. I'm forgiven. I'm his child. I'm holy. I'm blameless. I'm forgiven. I am brand new. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that at the end of the day, only your labels stick. At the end of the day, the cross is the great remover of all labels. At the end of the day, the cross is our only hope for new beginning. There, 
There are, there are people in the room, Jesus, and you know who they are. They've got a relationship with you. They're saved. But something else has creeped into the position that only you deserve. And now they're, they're trying to exchange your label for what they think is a better one. But Jesus, I believe you're speaking to them right now. And I believe you're showing them that all they're doing is settling. That your label is better. Jesus, deal with us. Jesus, there are people in the room who need you to radically step into their life and give them a new label. They know they need to begin a relationship with you. They know they need to be saved. God, I pray that you'd give us all the courage to do what you're laying on our heart to do right now. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, not a single person is looking around. I want to talk to Christians first. And listen, listen, listen. I, I know we're closing the service down. It's really crowded. The parking lot is packed. But can, can we not move? This is a significant moment for people's lives. Okay? So, so just a second. But I want to talk to Christians first. Christian, maybe you walked in today, you weren't even aware of this, but, but has God spoken to your heart over the past couple of minutes and said, hey, you know what? This thing has creeped in and it's too big in your life. It, in fact, it's at a place where only I should be. Christian, are you here today and God has just pricked your heart? The Holy Spirit is putting his finger on something in your life saying, hey, you know what? You're defining yourself with that when you should be defining yourself with who you are in Christ. Something else has become your label. If you're here and you're a Christian, you'd say, God is speaking to me about that right there. Something is too big in my life. I've taken on another label and he's dealing with me about it. Nobody's looking. Would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand right now. Do it. Raise it up really high if that's you. Hands are going up there in the back, right here in the front. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands are going up. Maybe some of you are here, you're a Christian, and God is dealing with you, and he's saying, hey, you know what? There's a sin in your life. There's a sin in your life. Today, you need to let it go. Today, you need to let it go. You need to stop defining yourself with that label. You need to deal with that sin. Maybe God's speaking to you that way. Is it? If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Let me see your hand. God is dealing with me about something in my life that needs to go. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Because I believe that God is speaking to us in ways that, that are not even on my radar. God does that. Does that every Sunday. I believe God is speaking to you right now, Christian, about things that are not even on my radar. And here's what I know. I know this. I know that the Bible says there is power in bringing things to light. What's that mean? Some of you, you need to get up out of your seat. We've got people in the back of the room right now who want to talk to you, who want to help you. You know what you should do? If you raise your hand or not, maybe you're struggling, you, you haven't raised your hand, but God is dealing with you about something. Let's start 2013 off right, Christian, and get a strong footing for what God wants to do in and through you the rest of this year. And if God is tugging on your heart, there's something in your life you need to talk to somebody about. You're hurting. You need prayer. I want you to get up out of your seat right now and make your way to the back. You do it right now. You do it right now. This is the time, this is the day when you stop worrying about what other people think. And if that's you, if God is dealing with you, I want you to get up out of your seat right now and make your way to the back. You do it. Don't get to the car and wish you would have done it. You do it right now while I'm talking. You do it right now while I'm talking. Right now you go. Right now you go. Some of you are here though, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. Man, the reason that you're still wearing that label is because he hasn't taken it off yet. But he brought you today to remove that label. He brought you today to make you brand new. You're sitting there and you say, Mark, what do I need to do? 
What do I need to do? I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Here's all you need to do. Right there where you sit, the Bible says that if we, can, if we confess with our lips Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Hey, you know what? There are people that are moving to the back right now. I just want to stop for a second. Do you need to be one of those people? You should just get up and go. Get up and go. But if you're here, you know you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. And right there where you sit, right there where you sit, you just pray this prayer silently. This is between you and God. This is you responding to Jesus, saying, Jesus, take off the old labels and make me new. You just pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Take off every label and let only yours remain. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. I give you my life. I want to live for you. Listen, with every head bowed and every eye still closed, did you just pray that prayer? Was that for you? Did you, did you just do that? Or maybe you didn't, but you know that you need to and you want to you give your life to Jesus today. If you're here and you just gave your life to Jesus or you want to begin a relationship with him, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand up into the air, hold it there, raise it up really high if you just prayed that prayer or you want Jesus to come into your life and make you brand new. One, two, three. Right now, raise your hand. Here's a hand right up here up front. Any other hands right here? Any other hands? Anybody else? There's a hand right over there to the side. God bless you. God bless you for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else that would say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus? Listen, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm asking you to do. You got your hand up. Maybe you don't, but you're thinking to yourself, man, he's talking to me, man. He's coming at me. It's not me. It's God. I don't know you. God's coming at you. But if you've got your hand raised or you didn't, Jesus always called us to make our relationship with him public. He died publicly for you so you can make it public that you want to begin a relationship with him. And with every head bowed, with every eye closed, the lights are down. No one is looking. If you just raised your hand, I want you to get up out of your seat and make your way to the back of the room right now. Get up out of your seat and make your way to the back of the room. All they're going to do back there is give you a free Bible and talk to you about what you just did and help you take the next step. I want you to get up out of your seat and go. Get up out of your seat and go. People are moving right now. People are going right now. And some of you are like, man, I'll do it later. Who said there's a later? Do it right now. Won't you start off 2013, the strongest year you've ever started it, and giving your life to Jesus or, or taking that step. Maybe you're here, you're a Christian, you're about to walk away and nobody knows it but him. Listen, this is still open for you. You need to get up and go talk to somebody. People are moving. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. God is at work. God is doing something, and you need to be a part of it. You need to be a part of it. Summit, people are walking right now. Can we show them that we're with them? Can we show them this is the right thing to do? Can we show them that this is great and that we're, that we're with them every step? Father, thank you so much for what you have done today. Thank you so much for the decisions, God, that we've seen and even those that we haven't seen, God, because we know that you do far more unseen than what we do see. And so, Jesus, I pray that, God, right now as we close out our service, that we would all leave with your label, defining us, shaping us, molding us. Father, thank you that in Christ we are brand new. In his name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Summit, has it been good to be here today? Man, that's awesome. What an awesome way to start off 2013. See, so many people get up and give their life to Christ. And here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Uh, right now, right now, I want you to take your connection card, and I want you to flip that card over. And listen, any way that we can pray for you, we want to know about it. Any decision that you made today, we want to know about it. In fact, let me say this. If you made a decision, if you made a decision to give your life to Christ and you didn't go back, on the back of that card, there's a box. Will you check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ? Baptism Sunday is coming up. It's going to be the last Sunday of January. Do you need to be baptized? Check that box. Hey, some of you, great opportunities on the back of that card for you to volunteer. You should volunteer. Check an area where you can volunteer. And let me say this. If you're a first-time guest, out there in the lobby to your right, there's a table. We've got a free gift for you. Would you take your card to that table, and we'll exchange it with you for a free gift? Man, we're so excited to have you guys today. Hey, let's stand up. You can turn those cards into our guest service volunteers who are going to be all along the auditorium on your way out. Hey, you guys come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Love you guys. We'll see you later. Sign up for a life group. All right? Love Six you guys. days to the Red Walker Show. We got tickets right here out front. Once we're dismissed, come down here. Buy your tickets. This is your last week to get them now. Let's, let's spread the word. Amen.